The funny thing about this is, once you understand that this isn't a, this isn't a construct that, I don't know, the professor made up. Right. It's just a natural form where you have to right. set it up, give context, give your argument, and it brings around a conclusion. Because ultimately, then your work becomes like an arrow. It just goes yeah. straight there, and then people hear it, and they go, man, that movie changed my life. That story, yeah. I'll never forget the time you told me that story about the guy with the thing. Yeah. All that, that's what happens when you're removing the friction. Yeah. Hello, and welcome to You Are a Storyteller. In this episode, Brian and Jesse break down the essential components of three-act story structure. You'll learn why all three acts are imperative, how well-constructed stories mark the difference between entertainment and impact, and why choose-your-own-adventure tales will never change your life. This program is produced in Seattle, Washington by Belief Agency. The funny thing about today's episode is that it's one of the most practical things to use to get you out of jams. Mm -hmm. It's almost, I think a lot of people glaze over it because uh, it almost seems too simple. Right. Right. Yeah. So today we're going to be talking about three X structure, like what it is, why it's important, how it came about. Mm -hmm. um, like I said, I, I think when you talk about three X structure, a lot of times people just go, yeah, yeah, yeah. When are we going to get to something interesting? <laughs> yeah, I think. Can that's you true. talk about, I don't know, the history of it? Like, how would you want to kind of help people understand the context of 3X structure? At least the crystallization piece of it. Where right. It was started being known by a thing. Right. Uh, well, it started to sort of be known by a thing with Aristotle. Um, he didn't. He didn't use the word acts mm -hmm. but he talked about the three parts of a story so he talked about the be the beginning middle and end which is what people often will say i'll ask what a story is and they'll say it's got a beginning middle and end and they think they've given an answer um but everything in the world or universe has a beginning middle and end so it defines nothing at all but aristotle then went on to define what those pieces were um, and essentially is describing act one act two act three um, and so that's sort of the first written down, you know, maybe people were talking about it for centuries, I don't know, but that's the first sort of written down uh, observation of that. Um, and Aristotle was using plays, because that's all that existed, but he was using plays that had lasted a long time when he, at the time he wrote. Because this is examples. Yeah, as his examples. It's just funny. In the same way, like in, in class, you'll show examples of movies. He was trying to do the same thing. He was trying to do exactly the same thing. Dissect this play. It's been around forever. Right. Look at how it has to do these things. Right. Which is funny because uh, I always get pushback because my stuff is old. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't usually go back as far as Aristotle. <laughs> but uh, but my yeah. stuff is old. And, yeah. and it's like, but he was using old stuff too because you could, it's sort of part of your argument. And that's the point. Why right. this last? Yeah. Not why is this a hit today? Because right. that could be for any number of reasons. Yep. You know? Beginning, middle, and end. Mm -hmm. uh, the funny thing about it is, if you think about it almost like an algorithm, you you look at it and you go, if you take one of those things out, it doesn't work. Mm -hmm. So let's just do that one by one. Sure. What happens if you take out your first act or your beginning? Well, the beginning tells you uh, who your characters are, what your world is like. Um, the 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 idea of the story you're trying to to tell in terms of what are you trying to 
get across. Mm-hmm. Um, and it sets the stage. You you can't you can't start in the middle. I mean, you can. The middle can be a beginning, right? But it's still the beginning mm-hmm. if it happens in the beginning, right? right? But you can't start in the middle where people are confused, don't know what's going on. Although that's a trend right now, it's not a very effective way of telling stories. Yeah, it's a trend, and what that what that often does is it takes the emotion out. And it puts people in their heads. So they're like, I wonder what happened and who is that and what are they doing? And and it feels like emotional engagement, but it's not. It's intellectual engagement. Hmm. It's cognitive. It's you're you're up here and you're trying to figure things out and you're not in here. Yeah. And that's a huge that's a big difference. Yeah. You know, uh, um, the impact of the story is different. Yeah. You know. Uh, I mean, people who really love living in their head. And the weird thing about people who love to live in their head, I mean, they spend plenty of time in there. But people who live in their head is they often think that their heart and their gut is less valuable. Mm. And that's not true. That just isn't true. Right. Um, I mean, we were talking about um, what's valuable to people. And if their house is burning down, they can only pull one thing out. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, one or two things out. They're going to be hard things. Yeah. They're not going to be their valuable yeah, painting. Yeah, replace. Yeah. yeah. They're going to be hard things. Mm-hmm. So uh, when the chips are and down. And if they're not, that's really sad. That is really sad. Yeah. That that's really, all you have. Yeah. There's that thing you've said before where it's like Americans. You, it was quoting somebody that was saying Americans are really sad. All they have is money. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Remember that? Yeah. I don't remember where that came. I think but it was yeah. like an African saying or something where it was like. <laughs> yeah like philosopher that said that and you're like okay well if it's not hard things something to think about yeah and so yeah and so what happens is you take you essentially eliminate the heart Mm -hmm. when you eliminate your first act because you eliminate every reason to care about yep that's right so it's like okay it's harry potter and we're not going to set up that he was raised by his aunt and uncle Mm -hmm. and that he had to live under the stairs and we're just going to jump straight into him being in school right well why should i care about this person right which is the advice i've been given by professional Mm -hmm. movie people why don't you cut out this whole beginning right and you know it's all the things that matter and it's also when you do that you're not your third act's not going to land either no well, yeah, there's no, so, so yeah, your second act, um, you know, it's really the body of your story. What do you, what do you, you know? Yeah. We'll get to how we break up the three acts, but really it's the body of your story. When people describe your story or describe a movie, they're really going to describe the second act, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, it's about this kid, Luke Skywalker, who goes on this journey with yep. this guy, you know, it's not going to be, um, well, there's this guy and he's on a farm and, you yeah, know, right. that, they're going to cut all that yep. stuff mm-hmm. out. But even that, that's a really good example of a first act, right? Because Luke Skywalker is essentially just a kid on a farm. Right. Right. We know what he wants. He wants to leave. You know, we know why he can't go. His yep. uncle's like, I need you here another season. Yep. All, everybody else is gone. Well, but you can't, you know. Uh, so we know that he, his, what his ordinary life is mm-hmm. before it shifts and changes. So now you can have contrast. Yeah. So it's the the funny thing about it is all of this is just based on how people talk. Right. 
So if you just take it at a, the fundamental level, like if you don't trust Aristotle, yeah, okay, then then just listen to how someone talks. Mm-hmm. If they don't give you a first act, you're confused. Yep. If somebody just jumps straight into, and so yeah, at the party there was there was these producers there, there was these directors there, and and, you're, and you go like, wait, hold on, wait, what party? What's going on? Yeah. Oh, this weekend I went to the best party I've ever been to. <laughs> right. I need to know that, otherwise, if you jump into the details, you know the the body of the story. Yeah. I'm just I'm confused. Like anybody know what we're talking? Wait, where are we at? I, I, you've lost me. Yeah. Right. So but you're every- not even just basically. It's like a you're not going to get. You're not going to feel anything. Right. So many shows when I watch them, there's no real first act, so I don't care. Mm-hmm. So they'll just be action. They'll, just, they'll replace it with just some big action thing. Yeah. And assume that that makes me feel connected to these characters or something. <laughs> right. Um, you've used the example before of, again, going back to you can learn all this stuff in real life. Well, the longer you spend time with someone, the more connected you feel to them. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, right. Like if you... If you some oh there was this person died in seattle it's like that's really sad if it's like your next door neighbor died and you're like really bob died yeah oh wow why because you spent time with them right you eliminate the first act you're eliminating the time that makes me care about this kid who grew up on a farm right and all these things a lot of people they look at that and because they don't know the purpose of the first act Mm -hmm. they feel like well just cut it it's just him on this planet Right. His aunt and uncle, like, you know. It's boring. It's not it's the, boring. Yeah. You know, Get it's the like, lightsabers. Yep, that's right. Yeah. And you're like, no, the lightsabers matter because of that. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. It's context. If you take out context. Then there's no, it has no meaning. Con- mm-hmm. You know, like, well, what? Yeah, like you said, the, what are you talking about? Yes. Yeah, it has no meaning. There's no horizon. Mm-hmm. You haven't set a level. Yeah. That you can go up and down from. Right. right. So he's an ordinary an ordinary farm kid, even though he has spectacular things like a hover car or whatever, yeah. that's set up as completely normal. Mm-hmm. When he sees a lightsaber the first time for the first time, he's yeah. like, What's going on here? Yep. You know? And and we can have that same feeling as an old man who saw the movie when it came out. Yeah. You know, it, it was you know, we never even heard the term lightsaber before. You know, so we yeah. were with him. We were Luke. Yep. You know, but that wouldn't happen without a first act. Yep, that's right. He had chores to do, and he was just a you know, and 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 so the way Hitchcock would would explain the first act, he'd call it his proposal. Right, right. So the first act's your proposal. Um, the second act is your argument. Um, I also say proof because that's really what you're doing in there, arguing or proving. And and the third act is a, a conclusion. Mm-hmm. So proposal, argument, conclusion. And that's what you're doing in those spaces, mm-hmm. proposing whatever your your point is. Right. And then you're arguing in your case. And it's the same way legal arguments are set up. Yeah. Right? That, that a lawyer will say, well, my client is innocent. Right? And we're going to show you yeah. that my client was nowhere near the scene of the crime and blah, 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 and on and on. And that's how they open. And then the and then the prosecution does their case. They they present their case, and then the rest of the trial mm-hmm. is proving, yep, or disproving which their side do. of the argument. Their yeah. side of the argument, right? That's their argument. Mm-hmm. So proposal, argument, and then they they have a summation at the end. They go, as you can see, my client is innocent given all this evidence. Blah 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 blah. Yeah. Right? You know, um, 
that's the way it works. And to fight against it doesn't make sense. And that's the way it works because that's the way it works. Right. Not as in someone made up three act structure. No. It's an observation on how people communicate. If you just have, um, let's take out the second act. Okay. If you just, so proposal, argument, conclusion. If you just have a proposal and a conclusion, right? Proposal. I don't think he did it. Yeah. So you can clearly see he did it. <laughs> right. <But> you didn't, <laughs> well, right? Yeah. If you take out uh, the proposal, it's like on the night of February 15th, and you're like, on what happened? Wait, what night? What yeah. are we talking about? Right. Mm -hmm. If you take out the conclusion, then you have a proposal, you have the entire argument, and then you sit there going like, so land it. Like, what are we, mm -hmm. what the jury think? I, you know, mm -hmm. um, you got to have that conclusion. Mm -hmm. Like, I know in class, you've given the example of trying to explain going to the beach. Oh, right. Um, yeah. And I think I've done it on a show once or twice, but um, it's, it's, um, I was talking about mood mm. um, and how a lot of times students will think, well, what about mood? You know, that's, they think that's story. Mood's not story. And the example I use is, so if I came up to you and I said, Jesse, I got something to tell you, um, a clear blue sky, um, salt air coming in off the ocean, seagulls in the distance, uh, hot sand beneath my toes. Okay, see you later. You'd be like, what, what did you tell me? Yeah. You didn't tell me anything, right? But if I, if I say my trip to Mexico was amazing. Yep. Clear blue skies. Like all of a sudden with that proposal, yeah. all those details make sense. And then you would naturally at the end go, oh, it was an amazing trip. Yeah, of course. Circular. Right? Yeah. Yeah. The story would come back mm -hmm. around. That's right. Yeah. And so if you take out one of them. It falls apart. Mm -hmm. Take out your proposal, your argument, or conclusion, you fall apart. Mm -hmm. um, one of the things that, again, this trying to get to action as fast as possible, you know, um, what do you think the actual problem is they're trying to solve there? They, when people say things like that, well, Brian, just cut out your first act. First of all, again, you cannot understand what you're asking. Mm -hmm. First of all, it's a it's a tell to me. It's like, oh, you don't, okay. You don't actually know what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. um, um, but they're afraid of losing the audience. They're afraid. And there's a desperation. Hmm. You know, I always think of it as a guy at a bar talking to a woman. Who, yeah. And he won't shut up. Hmm. Right? Because I was like, I'm, I'm going to keep it going. And the desperation is what is killing it for him. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. And that feels the same to me. Feels the same, like mm. the same kind of desperation. When they like, don't have a first time. Yeah, like, oh, I got to go. I got to, if I sh throw enough shiny things at them, enough effects, enough whatever, enough car chases, whatever it is, um, then I then I have them. Yeah. But you don't. Now, what you can do is have an outer boundaries, right? Which is what I call um, the thing you use to hook people but then you have a first act, yeah. right? So every James Bond movie pretty much starts with some kind of crazy stunt sequence, mm -hmm. right? James Bond gets pushed out of a plane without a parachute. Right. Get, how does he get, you know, and then that's over. And then he goes and he gets his assignment, right? Um, and now we can watch. We know we, we've been promised action. That's right. So we can wait 
through that first act. I just watched Terminator 2 with Hank, my oldest. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what James Cameron does. He opens with the destruction, Mm -hmm. right? And you introduce the robots and, Mm -hmm. you know, he steps on the skull and all that. And then you introduce John Connor and blah, blah, blah. Then they go back. It's like, so we know we're going to come back to this. Right. Right. Um, But it's amazing how that first act, the time he takes in that first act. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, setting up him and his buddy and like all the stuff like he takes his time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's Uh, not like there's no action in it. No. (laughs) But all those moments, even taking the time to introduce Schwarzenegger, Mm -hmm. the way he does it, where he walks into the bar. Right. You know, I need your keys, your boots, your motorcycle, like that whole thing. Yeah. He didn't say please. That whole thing. Look at the time he's taking to set up every one of these characters. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um. You know, uh, I'm just saying that there's a there's, if you take out the first act, it won't. It's not a classic, right? It would just be another action movie. That's exactly same right. with Die Hard. Die it, Hard's you, like that. You, yeah. you take out all the stuff, cut out the stuff with him and Argyle coming in from the airport. <laughs> yeah, cut out all the stuff about fighting with his wife. All you that know? stuff becomes unbelievably important. Yeah, he's just somehow, you know, at this party and there's a shooting, and he just uh, you know takes out the bad guys or whatever. Right. The or even if it, even if you know that his wife is there, it's still not the same thing. No, as they the, even take the time to have the arguments and stuff. Yep, Holly, I don't, you know, and yeah. she's like, you come all the way. You took her, your last name off the yeah, right? Like all that stuff, building, 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 building. Yeah, so it really matters. They're even set up that you can tell they both to love each other, but right. you know, they're in this weird place. Mm-hmm. Um, all that matters. It's also why the ending matters. Yeah. Where they bring in the reporter and the kids, and then the two of them come back together, and yeah, you know it's uh it's great. And even the some of the best moments in the movie always point back to the first act, where she's like, oh, "I know he's still alive." Because oh, right, only John yeah. could drive somebody that crazy. <laughs> yeah, or whatever. exactly. All that stuff. If you take out the first fifteen minutes, what do you got? Yeah, nothing. Even when he's you know when he's pulling glass out of his mm-hmm. feet. And he's talking to the cop. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, uh, you know, I want you to tell my wife this. She heard me say, yep. You know, uh, I love you a thousand times, but you never heard me say I'm sorry. And you know, yeah. all that stuff. Like, yeah, it's that's, really good. It's really good. Mm-hmm. It's really good, and it matters. And it's yeah. what makes that movie Die Hard. All the other stuff. If you just had that, yeah, because the other Diehards don't have that. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. That's right. Nobody talks about them. Yeah. That's right. And they just jump right in. Yeah. And so, again, the funny thing about this is once you understand that this isn't a this isn't a construct that, I don't know, That's, some professor made up. Right. But if you just once, the, the best thing about the 3X structure stuff is you can learn it right now. Whatever you're doing, whatever, pause the podcast, go into a coffee shop, just listen to people talk. Mm-hmm. You'll, you'll hear it. Uh-huh. And you'll just hear it because they have to. Right. Like, ultimately, the way that, like, um, story structure has happened is over the course of millions of years, human <laughs> beings had to develop an efficient way to move information from one person's brain to the other. Mm-hmm. There's an algorithm. Right? Yeah. And we you, we call that story structure, but it's just a natural form where you have to right. set it up, give context, give your argument. And it brings around a conclusion. And that's so if you say something like, you know, don't go in the forest, there's a bear. Mm-hmm. 
And he's like, I was just in there yesterday and I saw this huge bear. And you're telling somebody in your tribe. <laughs> right, yeah. You know? Yeah. Who's like, I'm going in the woods. It's like, don't go in the woods, right? Yeah. It is like, the bear. And this bear, I mean, the, the footprints were this big and yeah. all these arguments. It's like, don't go in the woods. Yeah. And you just go like, oh, okay, well, that's that's an efficient way <laughs> yeah. to yeah. try to keep this person from going to the woods, you know, because there's a bear in there or whatever. Yeah. Right? It's, it's the most practical thing in the world. Mm-hmm. And they, they now think that that we evolved language to tell stories mm. that that's how much a part of us they are yeah that they evolved with us that they it makes sense totally and it also shows that it's not a frivolous thing no it is not it is not um once you start thinking about it purely as a money making thing or an ego boosting thing or anything that is self-serving, mm-hmm. you're not really telling stories. Yeah. You're not really doing that. You're using the elements of storytelling, but if, but stories by design are, are meant to serve others, I believe. Um, Which would make sense. It, yeah. Because if you need to get it out of your head into somebody else's head, mm-hmm. that's probably because they need it. Yeah. Right? Or yeah. And they're trying to get it in your head because you probably need it. And in fact, if people tell stories in life that is self-serving, nobody likes that person. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you about the time I was hanging out with Orson Welles. That's right. <laughs> and honestly, that's that's propaganda. Propaganda is when a speaker is telling someone a story that benefits them more than the audience. Right. You know, where you're like, oh, great. Another story about how great you are. Right. You know, it's like, I don't understand how that, how does that benefit the audience? Right. Right. Another story about how great Mussolini is. And, you know, it's like, <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But if it's for the listener and that's one of the reasons why I'm, I'm constantly complaining about a lot of modern filmmakers. And I tell people all the time to read. There's tons of interviews with Hitchcock and all these other filmmakers. Yeah. But people don't go back, you know, and read them. But if you read them, they talk almost exclusively about how what they do impacts an audience. But you can pick up any director's stuff at random now or screenwriter, and they talk a lot about themselves. A lot of sentences start with I. Yep. You know, I always wanted to see this in a movie. I've never seen this. I don't like movies that have this. I don't like characters that change. I, 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 I. Right. Okay, let me ask you a question, um, just because I don't think we're going to be able to get to the bottom of that. That's that's what's taken over the whole Mm-hmm. industry mm-hmm. um how do you know your first act's over right like because you don't want your first act to be any longer than it needs to be because then it becomes boring or redundant right well, right that's, like that's how do you decide trick. you call it uh well you don't well i mean classically it's called the curtain right why why is it called a curtain and, and how do you know when the curtain should fall okay so the yeah the curtain so there's an act one curtain and if that falls at the end of act one. Now it's a leftover theater term. So it doesn't have to be an actual curtain, yeah. but, um, but it's the end of a first act. Right. Um, well, and for people that understand the, when the curtain drops, that's the ability to reset. Right. For everyone right. else. Right. Yeah. It's that moment where you go and that's everything you need to know. So we can keep progressing the story. Right. Act one is really everything you need to know to understand the story you are about to be told. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So if I'm, so we naturally do it, 
right? So if I'm telling you a story, yeah, and there's a bunch of stuff I might need to set up, right? So I'm in California and I was there to give a talk. Yep. You know, and, and so that's why I was there and I was staying in this hotel. Mm-hmm. Right. R- nice r- hotel, but yeah, whatever. Right. right yeah, you yeah. know, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. So anyway, I go outside. Yeah. Oh, you know automatically. Oh, yeah. I'm into the second act. That's now. right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Everybody knows that. That's right. They know. Oh, this is the part. That's right. Right. You're just letting me know the setting and what the deal was. That's and, right. You know. Well, take take uh, the take the first act out of Goodfellas. Mm-hmm. Right? right. All the stuff of him being a kid. I always wanted to be a wise I guy. Want, yeah. My whole life, all I wanted to be was a gangster. Yeah. Bam, yeah. Bam, you yeah. know that whole thing. Yeah. And then you got him there with his mom and his suit. You look like a gangster, and he gets to know everybody, and you shoot all the characters and. Everybody, De Niro comes in, that whole thing, he's putting $100 in his pocket, yada, yada. Yeah. Now, you're like, oh, this is how he got indoctrinated to this. Mm-hmm. You know, I got pinched, and I thought you guys would be mad, and selling cigarettes, and he set up, you know, mm-hmm. all the characters. I mean, when you look at what Scorsese does in the first act, he gets a lot done, and it's not boring. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Now, by the time the second act rolls around, you're like, I got all the context. Right. Yeah. And that's all. So you normally, when you tell a story, you naturally know where those act breaks are. Mm -hmm. You can feel it. And everybody listening knows too. But there's a point where if Scorsese would have gone any more in depth with his childhood, it would have felt like, yeah, we already know he's. Well, that's, that's almost always true, right? So for instance, anytime you're giving an audience information they already know, Mm -hmm. it's an opportunity for them to check out. Right. Or they don't care about it. So you're like, I'm staying at this hotel. Now it's a double tree. <laughs> Not important to the story, but you have to understand double tree gives you rewards to and you're like, Okay, so what happened? Yeah. Yeah. That better be relevant. Yes. You know? Because if it's not Yeah. Yeah. And so yeah, so yeah, extraneous details um or redundant details. Yeah. So it's like, well, we already know the guy doesn't get along with his That's right. brother or whatever. Yep. We we get it. And then mm-hmm. what? Yep. You know? That's right. Um, it's like in Goodfellas. If he got arrested twice for selling cigarettes, you're like, we already... We've seen him. Yeah. We know that the mob was there and they clapped for him and gave him money. Yeah. Oh, dad beats him up again. It's like, we already... You already showed us yep. that. And then that, that didn't stop him. Right. You know? So, you know... Um, you know, it's funny. There are scenes... Um, a friend of mine was teaching a screenwriting class. We were teaching at the same school. And uh, I was sitting in the back of his class and he he proposed a question to the students. And uh, I didn't want to say anything. I'm sitting in the back and I'm chomping at the bit to say something, but I was <laughs> and he sees me and he goes, what are, what are you gonna, what are you? I'm like, well, so he was saying, well, what if you uh, had a scene to write? And it was a scene where a guy's getting a, a, a diagnosis from the doctor and it's bad news. Like it's, you know, bad news, terminal something. And um, how would you write that scene if everybody knows how that scene is going to go? Right. Everybody sees that scene. They know how you like and they can write the scene in their mind. Yeah. And I said, well, then people had all these suggestions. I don't remember what they were. And then he called on me because I was, you know, and I was like, I wouldn't write the scene. If people can write the scene in their minds, there's no reason to write the scene, it is by nature redundant, right? Do It is redundant. It will be redundant. So don't write it. So what I said is, well, you could have the guy go into the, into the doctor's office, into the room, exam room, and then you just hang outside the door. 
Mm-hmm. The camera can hang outside the door. Yeah. You could be there for, I don't know, as long as you could sustain that. Yeah. Right? Everybody knows what's happening on the other side of the door. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know? Um, yeah, so, don't do it. Hitchcock did that with a murder. Mm-hmm. Yep. Right? Yeah. I would stay outside or I would have him come in. Or you hear the doctor's voice fades out and you're just pushing on his face. Right. You exactly. don't even need to hear you the you actual hear like stage five, four or whatever. Like yeah. None of that. Yeah. Or close the door, a little bit of linger, cut to the guy, you know, in a daze driving home or walking down yep, the street. Yeah, through or, a stop sign. Or, or, you know, yeah, yeah, something like that, right? Or hanging out at the park watching kids play. Yeah. Or, right. Yep. You know, there are a lot of things you could do. Yeah. But you don't do need you to re- need this. Is there a different way? Yeah. Can you so, economize this? Yeah. So anytime, for instance, in a story where a character has to give news to somebody or tell somebody information that the audience already knows, mm-hmm. there's almost never a reason to write that. Yeah. You can usually cut right to the reaction of the person hearing it for the first time. What? Yeah. You know, <laughs> that's what he told me. You know, yeah. that you don't need to write the whole scene. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when you are writing a first act, once you start to get into the redundancy, like thing, you're like, well, I need to set up this, 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 and this. Once you've done that, you're, you're done. Get out. Yep. That's right. Yeah. It's kind of like, it's, it's funny. It's the same rule for the third act. Mm-hmm. Right. Yes. It's like, get out as fast as you can. Yeah. The story's over. Yeah. Right. The no, thing but, about the end of Die Hard. Yeah. Shot of them and the papers coming out. It's like, and they get out. Yeah. Right. Yeah, there's no reason to linger. We've talked about other movies before where it's like the the movie should have ended in the cab. Oh, right. But then there's yeah. this whole other scene, and then I don't know what the scene is there for. Yeah. You know, you don't need it. No. Right? It's the same thing. Do I need to do this? Mm-hmm. Does the audience need this? Yes. Do they need to know that you can earn double rewards on Tuesdays and Thursdays? <laughs> right. If it's not important, right? Then you have to have the discipline to go, okay, it doesn't matter. It's distracting, actually. Well, here's the thing. If you are thinking about yourself Mm -hmm. versus the audience, those are the kinds of mistakes you make. Hmm. Well, I want to put that in there because I I think it's really important that they know there's double rewards on Tuesday. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Right. Uh, When when somebody says, I don't like stories where characters change. Okay. Do you have a theory about what that does to an audience? Hmm. Or you just don't like it because those are different things. Yeah. Right. And so if you're asking yourself what the audience needs, not what they want, which Mm -hmm. is a mistake people make right now. Yeah. But what they need, Mm -hmm. um, then you will make different decisions. Yeah. Well, this character has to do this thing. I don't like that. Right. Necessarily. But they got to, you know, crawl through a mile and a half of sewage to get out of Shawshank prison. It's like, I don't. Right. It's like th- that's what has to happen. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, giving the audience what they need versus what they want is a. Big Can you give problem. me an example of that? Well, okay. So uh, after Back to the Future, uh, Bob Gale and who's the other writer of Back to the Future? Uh, those two writers. Um, uh, I'm sorry, I'm forgetting. But uh, those two writers did a thing. Um, an interactive, this is early on in the world of interactivity, uh, did an interactive movie that they mm. said was going to be the new hip thing. Yeah. It never is. It never is, but uh-huh. somebody comes along every 
10, 15, 20 years and says, this is going to be the new thing. And it never is interactive storytelling. Mm-hmm. Don't get me started. Um, but it never is. So anyway, they did this thing where it was like, um, you could choose the way the movie was going to go. And so the audience could sort of vote by pushing a button. So it was like mm-hmm. the character can do A or B, you know? And so the audience would like press their things. It was like a, it's a choose your own adventure shit. And here's yeah. the funny thing about that. I can't, I've never heard a person say the book that changed my life. <laughs> you know, it was Johnny finds treasure. It was a choose your own adventure book. I read it when I was in high school yeah. and it fundamentally changed the way that I saw human beings around. It's like, no, no, it didn't. It's the catcher in the rye. It's the, you know, it's choose your own adventure. It's just funny. It's a, it's, it's a, a game. gimmick. It's a yeah, game. Yeah, uh-huh. Right. Once you're interacting with it, it becomes a game. Yeah, it's like, oh, I wonder what would happen if I did go in the tunnel. I wonder what would happen if I would have gotten on the bus. Yeah. And you're just constantly flipping. It. It's like, OK. Yeah. And so that's what they did. They did this thing. And, you know, and, and so it was I, fun to do, I suppose. But that didn't stick with anybody. It didn't become the new thing. Well, the audience is not supposed to control the story. Mm-hmm. That's not their job in yeah. the process, in the, in, the, in the exchange there. Imagine sitting in the campfire with an amazing storyteller. And then every 10 minutes they go, what do you want to have happen? <laughs> yeah. You'd be like, I don't know. You're telling the story. Did the bear catch you or what? Yeah. It's like, you tell me. Yeah. And you're like, oh, my God. It stops the story. It does stop It takes you out of the story. Yeah. And so my point is this. So, uh, you know, Casablanca and a lot of people, unfortunately, um, don't watch old movies. So they don't, you know, uh, maybe know Casablanca. But Casablanca has an ending where the character, main character, sacrifices something. Mm -hmm. Uh, He basically doesn't uh, get together with the woman that you sort of want him to be with. But he sacrifices for the greater good. Yeah. I guarantee you, if an audience could have pressed one of those little buttons to make those characters get together, they would have done that. Mm-hmm. And it wouldn't be a classic because no. of it. Right? That the audience, they need the other ending. Also, Rick goes back to the way he was before his heart was broken. Right. Because they talk about yes. Rick. There's all these stories of you like running guns and doing all these things. And all of a sudden, he's like, I don't stick my neck out for nobody. Yeah. And Rick... By doing that, he becomes the man he was pre his break heartbreaking. Right. It's like, so if you're, it would ruin. It. Like you know, what I mean? it's like, yeah. well, you can't. Yeah. Also, good example of the third act as far as getting out. Oh yeah, being in a beautiful relationship. Out. <laughs> yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. But that's that's an example where I I think an audience would make a different choice. Mm-hmm. And I think that now a studio might make that choice. The studio yeah. might go, well, we can't have them not get together. I mean, it's Humphrey Bogart. It's Ingrid But that's Bergman. the point. The point is for you to walk out and go, well, I guess real love is letting somebody you love go. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I, I mean, when you, you go, the reason that's important survival information is you hit a point with a relationship some, with someone and you go like, you know, I can try to be weird about this or possessive. You know, this person I'm with, they clearly are in love with someone else. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't want to be that guy. Like, right. it's like, that's that's the that's why that story, you should know that story. Mm-hmm. But it endures and it, it's a classic because of the, they made the right choice story-wise. That's right. For what the story needed and mm-hmm. what the audience needed. If they tried to give them what they want, it wouldn't be. Same example of like, if you take out the first act of Casablanca, you have nothing. It's true. 
you don't have anything. If you look at how well structured the first act is, it's really well like it, again, first act. When you watch the first act, go like, what scene can I take out? Yeah. If you can't take you can't take anything out of that first scene, or the first act. Or I'm sorry, the first act. Yeah. And have it work. No, you can't. All these characters matter because they're all they all need to be there for different reasons. Yep. And that includes what Casablanca setting up yes, Casablanca. That's right. Because mm-hmm. Casablanca is a limbo. Yep. Rick's in limbo. Yep. Casablanca is limbo, and they describe it that way. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's really really nice. It's a it's. I mean, yeah, the first act. Yeah. The it, with a solid first act. Like it's a wonderful life has a solid yeah. first act. You lay down if the if the first act is right, mm-hmm. you should know everything you need to do. Yep. Yeah. It's it's interesting that it's the first thing that people are cutting. Yeah. Cut out the first act of The Godfather. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. How? Yeah, but it's off, it's what people cut now because they want to get right to it. Mm-hmm. But then people, cut out the first act of Jaws. I know it doesn't make any sense. You can't do it with any classic. You it can't. starts with an island where people, a vacation town. It just starts with people getting eaten by sharks. Right. Well, the, there's an outer boundary, so that is the first thing that happens. But you know what I mean? But but then you have to set up the sheriff. But you have to all set that up the, stuff. Because yeah. all of a sudden, it's like, here's this guy. He's the sheriff. Mm-hmm. And it's like, what's his problem? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why does he look so timid on this boat? Yeah. Like all of those things. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's, well, I mean, take any of the classics. Take no, any. You, you can't take, you, uh, The Wizard of Oz, take the first act you out. You can't. Of, you can't. It starts in color. Yeah. Starts in color. Disney, uh, uh, Dorothy walk, walks out the door and meets the munchkins. Uh huh. She's killed a witch. Yeah. Like, that's the way they start now. Mm hmm. And again, going back to the reason why that that's hard is your job is to communicate. Mm hmm. What were we watching? We were watching something the other night, and it was like, look at that. Communicating, communicating, communicating. We were watching something. What were we watching? Do you know what I'm talking about? Was it It Happened One Night? I think, yeah, we were watching It Happened One Night. Yeah. And it was just like, look at this. He's communicating, he's communicating, he's <laughs> yeah. communicating. I know. Always. Yeah. Um, it's It Happened One Night has got, I mean, a beautiful work in, in that movie. It's The it's, bus scene is like one of my favorite scenes like ever. Yeah. It's yeah. unbelievable. And the amount of people that have like used it and they should because it's such a good. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, the work in that movie, when you think about. There's so much good work in that movie. Yeah, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, without the first act. Nothing. It's you nothing. got nothing. Yeah. You got to set up that she's rich. She's running. You mm-hmm. got to, all of that stuff. Yeah. And then it really matters mm-hmm. later on. Yeah. Right, it's that. So if your if your job is to communicate, Hitchcock does this too. Like, well, Spielberg. Does, I mean, everybody does. Like it, people that are really good at the job. Like we we're watching the opening of, of Indiana Jones, right? And it's unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Like we showed the opening shot. Indy comes into the frame. He's centered up. Yeah. Well, first thing you see the mountain, right? And you hear the jungle sounds and stuff. And then you see Indy walk in the center frame. He has status. You don't know who he is. Mm-hmm. And then they bring people in from the side. Like, mm-hmm. if you look at what he's doing, every single shot he's communicating, he's communicating they're moving in the jungle, moving in the jungle, yep. moving in the jungle. In fact, the angle they're using almost feels like someone's watching them. And you're like, moving, mm-hmm. moving, moving. And it's like, he doesn't assume anything. Like, when he does the whip thing and he hits the gun out of the guy's hand, he even cuts to the gun falling in the water and then yeah. back to his face and his hand. And he's doing that to be like, well, I got to show you what happened in the gun. I have to yeah. communicate, communicate the mm-hmm. whole the whole time. We were even talking about visually how the 
the guy who goes into the cave with him isn't wearing a hat. So you can, at a glance, you can tell the difference between the two of them. Plus, also, it allows you to light his face better once he's in the cave, which mm-hmm. you need because you're using him for all the reaction shots. Right. I mean, when you're watching it, you're just, it's constantly he's going, you need to know this, you need to know mm-hmm. this, you need, he's, well, directing. Yeah. He's pointing. Right. This, 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 this. Yep. Scorsese, Goodfellas, this, 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 this. Yeah. This is important for you to know because this is going to come back. Like, yes. this, this, this. That's the job. When you watch something and you go, oh, they set this whole thing up and then it doesn't come back. Oh, yeah. That's an amateur thing. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is. Man, they set up the whole thing about how you always want to go to the circus. Yeah. And then they never, never, never came, came back. back. Yeah. Weird. Yeah. It's so, like opening up Citizen Kane with Rosebud and then never telling you what Rosebud was. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Now cut out the whole scene with the fire, with the furnace and yeah. throwing in the, <laughs> yeah. you know, just cut that whole thing out and you'd walk out and be like, ah, I don't know. I, yeah. I I guarantee you there there is a, there is a faction Right, people who again like to spend so much time in their head, mm-hmm. who would really enjoy that. You didn't know it's open ended. Who knows what is Rosebud? Because sure. then they can sip cappuccino and wax poetic. And sure, but that's themselves. not the point of stories. No, yeah, you know that's the point of like a crossword puzzle or something. Yeah, it's funny. It's like okay, Back to the Future. Cut out the first act. We establish Marty rides a skateboard. <laughs> right. He has this friend named Doc, who's this crazy scientist guy. He plays guitar. Right. Like, if you look at all the things yep. he's setting up, mm-hmm. all the clocks everywhere yeah. when they go inside. Yeah. Like, if you watch that first act, Zemeckis, like, if you look at what he establishes as fast as he establishes, he gets a lot down. Yeah. He does. Tootsie also has an amazing first yeah. act. Mm-hmm. Tootsie has an amazing first act. Yeah. Yeah. The oh. economy is the stuff that blows my mind. When you can see how somebody can do one thing and it tells you the five things you need to know and they did it in like one setup. Mm-hmm. Like when you can economize, like we're talking about the very opening of Tootsie. Mm-hmm. When you can economize, look at how much he got accomplished during the credit, like the title sequence. It's amazing. He, there's a lot that happens in there. Unbelievable. Yeah. The amount of information that he communicates in the opening. And people don't know they're getting information. Hmm. Yeah. Right. It happens. People to think they're just watching a, a story unfold, but they're being fed information. Yeah. We had to say, we said this the other day when we were watching, I think it was the beginning of Indiana Jones. And it's like, okay, okay. We should say this as a primer. Everything you see is on purpose. Mm-hmm. That will change the way you watch a movie because you're not used to it. Right. Or hear a story. Mm hmm. When you go into it going, okay, there's a reason why Spielberg did everything you're going to see. When you start seeing it, you go, oh, that it, it's not random. When right. we know when you're talking about Tootsie and you go, why is it open with the makeup scene? Mm-hmm. Either that's completely random or it's extraordinarily important. Yes. And then once you watch, like if you just take the first five minutes of a great movie mm-hmm. and watch it five or six times, run it back, run it back, run it back and mm-hmm. go, oh, I... Why is the makeup thing? Why is this? Why do we keep showing him on stage? Mm-hmm. You know, all these things. And he's desperate. He's like, I can put on flats and like the whole yeah, thing yeah. in Tootsie, right? Yeah. When you when you watch all that stuff and then you go, none of this is a mistake. This all matters. Mm-hmm. Then watch the rest of the movie and you're going to go, wow, that's crazy how much was in there. Yep. And if none of it, and if it doesn't come back, then just you. know that's a mistake. Mm-hmm. Just like when you were talking about your hotel story. 
Right. Okay. I no, I totally get it. There was construction. You didn't get a lot of sleep. You had to do the whole speech with, you know, an hour's worth of sleep. But what did the whole like points thing on Tuesdays and Thursdays have to do with it? <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, yeah. and you're like, oh, nothing. I just thought you'd want to know about point. Okay, because it confused me. In fact, while I was trying to listen to the rest of your story, I kept waiting for the points waiting thing to come, to come back. Out. That's what happens. Kept waiting for the circus thing. Remember how at the beginning he said, or I kept waiting for Rosebud and it never. Yeah, I used to talk about um, Norm McDonald's. I would show it sometimes in class. Um, and then it came up a lot when Norm McDonald died. Uh, the story he told about, the joke he told about the mop. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, yeah. Right. So if you look up Norm Macdonald and Moth, you'll you'll see. Yeah. But um, I used to show that in classes because there are a lot of details in this story, a ton of details in this joke, and it just seems to go on and on. In fact, the longer it goes on, the better it is for the joke. Yeah. But because there are so many details, your brain is so used to flagging details as something that matters, mm -hmm. right? In a story... If I say, if I'm talking to you and I go, so I have on my brand new watch. This watch cost me $10,000. Mm -hmm. And I'm wearing my brand new watch. Yeah. You know that's not nothing. Yeah. Right? You uh -huh. know, okay, that matters. That matters. That you matters. Know, something's going to happen to the watch right. or so, whatever Yeah, right. So I go downtown and it's not the best part of town. Okay. Yeah. Uh -huh. Best part of town. Go it's got on this watch. Got on this. Right? You're starting to flag. So this dog is barking. Yeah. Uh-huh. Right? So I stick my hand in there. <laughs> you know, and you're like, wait, what? what? You know? So, yeah. So this dog is barking. Uh -huh. You go, okay, that matters. Right? Yeah. You start, every detail you know matters. You start flagging every detail because that's the way stories work. Yeah. At a particular, at a certain point, there's a breaking point. And you can hear it in the Norm MacDonald joke. Because yeah. there's so many details. At a certain point, people are like, all of these details can't matter. Yeah. And you start to lose um, the trust of the audience. Yep. Right. Now, Norm MacDonald's telling a joke, so he's using that. Yeah, that's the point. Right. But if you're not telling a joke, then you've lost the audience mm -hmm. with too many extraneous details. And the funny to keep track. Well, and the funny thing is if somebody rewinds this two minutes, you'll see Brian propose... The argue, proposed mm -hmm. argument conclusion, mm -hmm. right? Where you just said too many details. It's like that's the end of his third act. If you yeah. if you watch the rest of this podcast going, let's watch them watch, talk in three acts. It'll be it, all over the place. It'll be all over the place. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, we, we've spent a lot of time on act one, which is actually important, I mm -hmm. think. And it gets overlooked. Um, that's why I brought it up. It's, a, it's, the, it's the biggest miss. Mm-hmm. Right. It is. And the details thing, you know, is is the other thing where. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say that often people use the term character development. When they mean act one, hmm. there's no character development. Right. Well, what is that? Hmm. I know more about a character like he, he shaves every Tuesday. Mm -hmm. uh, OK. Does that matter? Yeah. But when you watch As Good As It Gets, this is a character with OCD, right? So when you're watching him do his everyday activities, you're getting that information. It's yeah. not it's not um, extraneous stuff about the character. Right. Right? Because there are people who, who think that that's enough. Mm -hmm. Right? Like, the more I know about the character, so the character development is really important. Well, why? 
It only it's only important if it helps tell the story, mm-hmm. right? If you're telling the story of King Midas, it might help to know what King Midas thinks about money, right? Right. It might help to know how rich King Midas already is. Yep. Right. Um, and when it doesn't pay off, you're confused. Right. I remember, like when I was watching Toy Story four, there, the whole beginning is setting up Woody as a father, mm-hmm. and there's this his son character that was made out of trash, and he keeps trying to throw his life away. He keeps literally trying to throw himself back in the trash, mm-hmm. and then you know Woody's on the side of the road with him. And he's like literally carrying him, and, mm-hmm. stuff. and I was like, oh, there's a story about a dad not wanting his son to throw his life away. This is gonna be great, and then all of a sudden he does throw his son away. Yeah. He just ignores him and it becomes a story about him and Bo Peep. And then you come back around and you're like, wait, what, what, what was the trash thing about? I thought <laughs> yeah, yeah. you're saying the trash thing didn't matter at all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. And and I, I watched that. And I was like, man, you really got me to buy in on this trash thing. Yeah. And you really got me to buy in on this dad thing. And then he abandons his kid. Well, it was, you a, know, it, I don't know. Yeah. But it seems like it was a joke. Right. It's a joke that he's trying to throw himself away. It's a joke that this is happening. Not. This is part of the story. But you're clearly setting him up as like a father, right? And then her is like a mother. Well, that seems like that would be. But it, but is it, right? Is I don't know. I yeah, wasn't yeah. there. So right, yeah. Know, you know. But it's just those types of things where I walked out of the theater and I was like, what, what was I, what was that, mm-hmm. what was going on? Because the hard part was I was watching the first act and I was like, oh, this is great. Yeah. This is really smart. Mm-hmm. Dad's not going to let his son throw his life away. Sure. You know? He doesn't see himself as anything but trash, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm like, oh, this is going to be a universal story. You know, yeah, usually yeah. in adolescence, maybe your kids are going like, I'm not good enough. And mm-hmm. all these things are like, man, they're going to tackle all of this in one movie. This is really it's like and it's like record skip. going to yeah. go this direction. <laughs> yeah, it's so if you have a first act that sets up another story. Oh, yeah. Then- and then you your second act is about a different story. Mm-hmm. You're going to just confuse the hell out of people. Right. They won't know necessarily, especially if you're good at making things. In, that's sometimes a problem. If you are good at making things entertaining, then people can't quite diagnose what the problem. I don't know. It was good, but there was something, mm-hmm. right? And then they start looking at pieces, you know, instead yeah. of going, it, it's a structural problem. Yeah. Um, which is interesting because what I'm noticing about structural issues is that people who don't start there think that that is a detail of storytelling. Hmm. Not that that's what storytelling is. Can you give me an example of that? Like, what do you mean by that, I guess? Well, sometimes people will say, we got the story, we know what we're going to do, and they call me in because they need structure. Now add some structure. Yeah. It's like, it's that's like, not This how- is the baby, now add a skeleton to it. Yeah. And you're like, you're gonna, you want me to just shove a skeleton, like <laughs> a spine into this? Yeah. Yeah, they, they've already done... They think they've done all the work because they've done a lot of detail work. Well, mm-hmm. we know we want the characters to be like this, and we know we want them to look like this, and we want all these things. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, just, you know, do some structure. Put Instead some structure. Going, what characters do you have to have? Yeah. What does the character have to do? Yeah. What are you trying to prove? Or mm-hmm. trying to prove X, Y, and Z. Well, then the characters need to be these. Slow and steady wins the race. Well, it's got to be a tortoise and a hare. Something right. fast and something slow. I mean, so, it could yeah, be a, you already a know. slug. It could yeah. be, I don't know. But You already know. Oh, something. yeah. Something fast and something slow. 
mm-hmm. what's fast and what's slow. Then you, yeah. you now you're narrowing it down and down and it's down. It's like, okay, well, it's the Grinch. Okay, well, you need a Grinch. And then we need somebody who's the opposite of the Grinch. Right. Okay, her name's Cindy Lou Who. And you go like, yeah, and Chuck Jones is not fucking around. <laughs> and you look at it and you go like, yeah, that's, that's right. <laughs> yeah. If you look at what he did, mm-hmm. again, watch the Grinch and go, Chuck, assume Chuck Jones knows what he's doing. Right. Watch it and go. You have to say which Grinch. Oh, the for only Grinch, the first one. Yeah, yeah. You know, because people don't know they'll watch right. Jim Carrey. But I, I, yeah, yeah. But I'm saying if you watch Chuck Jones's, who mm-hmm. I believe is one of the greatest directors of all time, personally. He yeah, he was. If you watch his version and you look at it from the standpoint of, there's a reason why he lives high on a mountaintop all by himself. <laughs> right. Right. There's a reason why he needs to have Max there. Mm-hmm. There's a reason why Cindy Lou Who has to be as pure as she is. Yeah. There's a reason why the town has to be the way it is. There's a there's a reason why his name is the Grinch. <laughs> yeah. Like all of those things mm-hmm. have to be like that in order to have the end matter. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's a really- you can remake it all you want, but if you don't know <laughs> what he was doing, yeah. If you don't know the choices, why the choices were made, yeah. There's a great thing in in uh, Christmas Carol. It's in the book, and but it's really nice. So. Uh, Scrooge, mm-hmm. who is Scrooge, and all about you know money and I just love it too. These old people, like these old timers, they would just well call him the Grinch, right? Yeah, well he call him Scrooge. You know, it's like it's like well, it's Jekyll and Hyde. Who's the person that you hide from the right. world? You know, like I like it when they. But I don't know if Scrooge was a word or if it became a word because of the I character. think it, I think it became a word because oh that's that it, would make it just sense sounded right yeah that makes sense yeah. Yeah, but I don't. I think it's we have the word Scrooge because we have a lot of words because of characters. We and totally stories. we do. We have a lot. Midas touch. We have a lot of words, a lot of um, references yep. that are story references, mm-hmm. or yeah, and that we don't even. Sometimes we barely know the story. Yeah, you know. Um, yep. But That's people like, can say slow and steady wins the race, and you know what they're talking about, right? People can say a guy's a wolf and a sheep in wolf's clothing. That's right. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's easy. It's it, it's the way we think yeah. and hold on to things. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Christmas Carol, uh, or in the book, and it's in the movies, but it's a detail that could go unnoticed, but it's important. So um, Sc- Marley, his business partner, Scrooge's business partner, has died. And the sign on the business still says Scrooge and Marley. Mm-hmm. Right? Um and the excuse given for not replacing the sign is, well, it'll wear off soon enough with time because Scrooge doesn't want to spend the money. But really, over and over again, Dickens says, these are the same guy. Hmm. Scrooge and Marley are the same guy. And when the mo- ghost of Marley comes to visit Scrooge, that's what he says to him. Hmm. We are the same guy. Right? You're, you're not thinking about other people. You're just thinking about yourself, which is what I did. And he's like, yeah, but you're a good businessman. He goes, well, that's why I'm suffering because I was a good businessman. Hmm. Like, you know, I should have been thinking about people. Yeah, that's and all I was. Thinking I was. About business. Yeah. yeah. You know, and he talks about his chain, the chain he forged in life. He goes, yours is longer than mine. And he's got his accounts with him, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like your, your, your chain's longer than mine. Man. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to be just like me mm-hmm. because we're the same. Yeah. Right. So that sign, that nothing it of a matters. detail matters it's funny because david lean in that movie about the 
the daughter, mm-hmm. the father, and the, the cobbler story. Same thing. He uses the sign the whole time. It's funny. Yeah. And I bet you if you ask him why he did that, he'd be like, well, Dickens. Yeah. Like, like you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, if you pay attention to that stuff, mm-hmm. it's a tool now that you have. Yeah. Also, you that's what I mean by, does that matter? Like, even in Mary Poppins, what look at the signage in Mary Poppins when they're walking through town. Mm-hmm. It's a bunch of the signs. It's something in Sons. Mm-hmm. Right. And you have this... This guy who's ignoring his kids. Like, even when you watch, there's details like that in Mary Poppins and My Fair Lady in these movies where you go, oh, yeah. There's details in Mary Poppins where there's almost always two birds. Mm-hmm. There's almost always two butterflies. Right. Like, there's these pairs right. in these scenes where they weren't guessing. They were, they're, <laughs> right. they're there for a reason. Right. Yeah. They're they're always, always communicating, right? Mm-hmm. ABC, always be communicating. Yep. And and I noticed that a lot of people don't think in those terms. They, they I'm like, well, if I was working on a film um, with the UW, with the University of Washington. Anyway, and I'm like, okay, so we're saying there's a scarecrow in a field. So yes. Well, I don't see the field, right? Like, you're telling me there's a scarecrow. It's like, I had to keep telling them, like, what are you communicating right now? Yeah. Right? Well, this crow, the scarecrow is alone in this field. Well, that's a wide shot. You just said that was a wide shot. Mm-hmm. Alone in this field. Well, then you have to show me the field. Mm-hmm. You have to show me enough. Yeah, because if you're on a medium, there could be a hundred other ones right outside the frame. Or right. Yeah. yeah. So what are you communicating? Yeah. And I notice that people often forget that they, they are communicating or they make an assumption because they know the scarecrow is in a field by himself. Yeah. Right? So they, they have a close-up of the scarecrow. It's like, well, that's not communicating. And like the Dickens thing where it's like, if he just had that sign in there for no reason, it would be confusing. Right. Right. But that's in the first act. Speaking mm-hmm. of first act stuff, yep. right? That's in the first act when you're establishing who Scrooge is, how he is with money and how he yep. will let Marley put another piece of coal on the on the fire. All that stuff has to be there. Yeah. And the people who come, the charity people who come and say, hey, it's Christmas. Can you give money? He's like, no, uh-huh. I'm not giving any money. Uh-huh. You know, uh, all that stuff's important to who he is and why he needs to change. Yeah. you You can't. Just have a guy come home and have ghosts visit him and tell him, start changing him. Right. Without knowing who he is. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. Yep. One of the most useful things as far as figuring out the beats is the seven steps piece you talk about. Mm-hmm. Right. It just at a high level where you're like, okay, these first three, oh, that's sure, your first yeah. act. Like, would you go through those just so people are aware of them? Yeah. People, uh, they, they are called, <laughs> it's funny. They have a, they have a, a, a a storied history but but mm-hmm. um there is a guy i forget his name who who says he's the guy who invented this by the way this is context you need in order for the rest of the story to matter right yes exactly mm-hmm. so there there's a guy who who says you know oh that's me i did that um because people were crediting me with it because i put it in a book which is a, a great way to get credit for things but i didn't i said in the book that i didn't i didn't invent it pixar also uses it so either people say it's mine or they'll say it's Pixar's. It doesn't belong to any of us, but we both utilize it. Mm-hmm. So, so uh, the story spine is, are seven steps that make up a story. So they are once upon a time and every day until one day and because of this and because of this until finally and ever since that day. Right. So once upon a time and every day until one day. That's act one. Mm-hmm. Once upon a time in every day. Once upon a time, there was an archaeologist who 
you know, looked for treasure and, you know, blah, 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 blah. Like, oh, okay, I get mm-hmm. it. Okay, he used a whip to, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, and every day he would do the, you know, whatever it was. So um, once upon a time, there was this sheriff on an island and. And he know, hated water. Yeah, and would, yeah. Mm-hmm. All that stuff. Um, anything an audience needs to know to understand the story. Uh, there were these toys and they were alive unless people were around and, yep. you know, and this guy Woody is the favorite toy and, you know, yeah. until one day a better toy, right? Yeah. <laughs> Shows up, right? Um, so until one day. So now you're into act two. Mm-hmm. And because of this, the, you know, uh, uh, yeah, the sheriff has to, uh, Face his fear. You know what I mean? You know, you know, because of this, he ends up actually having to go onto the water, which he didn't want to do at all. You know, whatever it is, because of this and because of this. Um, and then until finally the sheriff faces his fear head on. Right. Um, uh, and ever since that day, he wasn't afraid of the water anymore. Right. Yeah. Right. So, um, so until finally that's the curtain, right? For act two. That's the end of act two. Mm Mm-hmm. And then the rest is act three. Yep. Yeah. And we can link to this so you can you can see it and print it out. And it's really helpful. When I was trying to learn it, I had just had it written down on a piece of paper. And I would go home and every night I'd tell my kids stories. And I would just do that. Well, once upon a time, there was a mouse that loved to dance. You know, and every day mm-hmm. it tried to, it was always trying to get, you know, a show put up with its friends. Until one day a circus was coming through town. Whatever. Yeah. Like, but if you just, if you just practice those rhythms, all of a sudden, not only will you start to kind of get it in your bones, but you'll start sitting there when someone's talking to you and you'll go once by time every day until one day okay and you can watch them doing it yeah you know and you can start to see it in the films that really work Mm -hmm. the stories really work and you're like okay it's just it's just logic is is Mm -hmm. all it is Mm -hmm. right and logic is there because it's it allows us to know all of this is leading to something right you know you're not wasting my time there's a point there's right. a conclusion coming and i this is what's no needs to be known in order for me to do these things mm-hmm. um when it comes to second act second act you said it's the body of the story mm-hmm. second act is long yes it's longer right um you break it up with a fulcrum mm-hmm. can you talk about the full the purpose of the fulcrum yeah the fulcrum so the the so yeah act two is long and it actually can be so long that it's... Um, well, going back to your legal thing. Yes. Maybe there's a day of opening arguments. Right. And there might be two weeks right. of arguments. Right. And then you jury comes in and they deliberate and that's it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, um, yeah. And so you you have um, the first half of Act 2, which, depending on, depending on the story, could be... Um, well, there, in fact, in Tootsie, mm-hmm. when this actor who's out of work gets work, there's a honeymoon period. Yeah. Right? Isn't this great? Isn't this amazing? Right? There's that honeymoon period. There's the honeymoon period of the Ghostbusters getting famous. Mm-hmm. Woo, look at us catching ghosts. You know, yeah. uh-huh. right? Um, because what often happens, what people think is that... Um, Act two is where the conflict starts. That's what people usually think. Oh, interesting. Right? That's where the conflict starts. But it's not just conflict. It could be conflict or opportunity. Mm-hmm. Right? It could be conflict or it could be Rocky gets a shot at the title. Yeah. Right? 
It doesn't have to be conflict. The conflict will come. That's right. And so when you have this honeymoon period, the fulcrum is usually where that conflict is starting. Hmm. Right? Yeah. So it's like, oh, wait a second. There's some kind of shift. Yeah. There's a shift in the nature of the conflict. Mm -hmm. Uh, The movie The Great Escape has a great fulcrum. Really good fulcrum. The whole movie changes after this fulcrum. Do you want to explain what it is so people can look for it? Uh, No. I want him to see it. Just watch it. Just watch it and see if the tone changes completely. It completely changes. Uh Yeah. Like, whoa. What just happened? Yeah. Because they have that. It's really smart the way they did that. Because it doesn't feel inconsistent either. No. It's not inconsistent. Sometimes when you take that kind of a turn, it it feels inconsistent. Yeah. Yeah. But no, it fits right in. And so there's usually something in the middle that shifts the nature of the conflict. And some people, they used to call it the point of no return. Mm -hmm. But there's a, there's something big shifts there. And that change in the nature of the conflict helps maintain the interest of the audience Hmm. right because if you just have that one there's a pretty quickly you'd be done with the ghostbusters getting famous like if that was the body of the movie yeah and zool didn't show up and all that right you know right uh because that's when things get serious in that piece when they're just catching ghosts is one thing but then there's this ancient god that shows up yeah and things get serious Mm -hmm. relatively speaking yeah you know things change same thing um there's a there's a thing that happens in groundhog day too where it's not a honeymoon period Mm -hmm. but there's the period where he's trying to figure things out right yeah you know he's like what's happening Mm -hmm. and then he realizes at a certain point what's happening yeah um uh and he tries all these things, right? He tries to kill himself to get out of it. He tries to, you know, it's really interesting. And I have to watch the movie again to figure out what the fulcrum was. I know there's a shift in there, but it's been a while since I've seen it. Mm-hmm. But um, but I can tell you in the third act, what's is interesting is that it he, there's a point at which it's really, the, here's what's something really great in that piece. There's a homeless guy in the piece. And when Bill Murray's reliving every that same day over and over again, he always ignores that guy. Mm-hmm. That guy's always the key out. Mm. But he ignores that guy. He's thinking about himself. He's not thinking about other people. The third act starts when he starts thinking about other people. Mm. And he gets that guy soup. And he get when he's not living for himself. Yeah. When he's not being self serving. Yeah. You're into the third act. Mm. Right. So Christmas Carol, right? Mm-hmm. It's kind of when he when he wakes up. Yeah, when he wakes up and he goes, "Oh, wait, I'm all different now. I gotta, uh-huh. you know, yeah, go get that turkey or the goose, goose or whatever goose yeah. in the window, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, all that stuff." And he goes and visits his nephew. What happens if you don't have a fulcrum? It gets boring. Yeah, and because of this, and because of this, yeah, it's like okay there is a film they got but got, got famous and they got even more famous there's a filmmaker who has some notoriety who has no concept of a fulcrum and at a certain point i can feel it in the audience there's a certain point where people get bored yeah and i've heard interviews with this person and he he doesn't understand what's happening and he doesn't understand he doesn't it's like all you have to do is, I, I could, yeah. I could tell him how mm-hmm. to fix the problem. Yeah. Um. 
but you know, he, he can make people laugh and he does that instead. Mm -hmm. No conflict, no story. So all of a sudden you start to go, you have a, a second act with no conflict or no, no big, no fulcrum, no shift in yeah. the weight. Mm -hmm. It's like a teeter totter bang. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You just go like, okay, so I guess Brewster just keeps spending money and he's happy and, <laughs> right, and John yeah. Candy are telling jokes and like mm -hmm. something has to happen. Yeah. Because that's how life is. Right. You have that period of your life. Again, going back to life, it's like, you're like, you know, things were actually going really well. And then that's when we found out about the cancer, whatever. You know, like, right. it's, like it's like, oh, oh, shit. Okay. Right. You know, yeah, there's, there's something, it gets ratcheted up. Yeah. You have to find that thing. Um, Usually when I do, um, people ask me if I write outlines. I don't tend to, but I can tell you all of those kinds of beats. So I will do first do a story spot. I mean, I'll first figure out what I want to say. Yeah. Um, and Which is the hardest part. It's the hardest part. Yeah. It takes the most work. It's funny because when you talk about armature theme, I think people hear they're like, yeah, 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 okay. It's like, no, that's the hard part is figuring out what to say. Yeah, it is. What's worth telling mm -hmm. you know it really stumps people actually what's so important that you can spend the next four years of your life <laughs> yeah yeah it stumps people mm -hmm. um they get hung up on it um it's really hard it is hard so so but once you do that everything else is easier mm -hmm. than it would otherwise be yeah so that's a lot of brain work you just sit there going you know yeah it's up. like it's like walking to i don't know new york from seattle it's like well establishing where where you're going to spend your time and effort and energy to go from here to there that's the hard part i mean yeah. the actual it's not easy to walk to new york but at least you have a destination in mind <laughs> right yeah. versus i'm just going to start walking and someday i'll show up somewhere <laughs> right it's yeah. hard because you don't know when to stop you need a map right so you need to know, know where you're going and then you need a compass right and yeah. you're, you're you're knowing what you want to say is your compass hmm. right okay that's the direction i have yep. to go well does this help prove this no yeah. then why do you then yeah there's a tortoise a hare and a, and a hawk you're right. like what's the hawk do he's like he watched the race you're like well do we need that because are they what's that why do we yeah you know do we need five little pigs i mean it's when i we hear people say things like every story has a guide oh right yeah. and i'll be like well wait what what do you mean like do you need that guide yeah like what's the guide for yeah Right. Understanding the point behind the thing. There's observations about things like that. Yes. Um, but until they can tell you why. There's a really good example of that with Joseph Campbell. And um, people like Joseph Campbell has become. He's sort of a thing that he's a guy that amateurs like to bring out mm -hmm. a lot because they I know Joseph Campbell, you know, mm -hmm. it's like, OK. Um, and. And I'm not against Joseph Campbell. Yeah. But um, Joseph Campbell wasn't really a practitioner. He wasn't really a storyteller. So his his advice, he's just making observations. No, And, and the theory is really great. Oh, it's kind of like saying, like, I like Nietzsche or Kierkegaard. It's like, no, no, the philosophy is great. Yeah. Right now I'm trying to build a house. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so... Yes, but you know, but for whatever reason, Joseph Campbell, because they never bring up anybody else. So he's become the person. Yeah. It's, he's not wrong, but he doesn't tell you why. You're right. And without knowing why, you think, well, why do I have to do that? Mm -hmm. I can do it another way. 
Yeah. So I remember uh, reading about the refusal of the call the first time. Yeah. So the char- character gets a call to adventure and there's a refusal of the call. Yeah. And there's like, and it's almost like people go, just do that. Well, why? Yeah. Why do that? Why is that important? Yeah. I think it's important because um, people, the call, the character changes. That's your story is about a, a character changing because the story is all about how someone evolved, right? Mm-hmm. That's just always going to be, and or devolved, right? Right. Michael Colleone is a war hero, then he's a gangster, yep, yep, right? Yep. Um, but character change is really important in stories because it shows us what adversity can do to us or for us, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. You can learn from it, the right lessons or the wrong lessons. I've been trying to tell myself when I see somebody do something, outlandish or something i'll be like i try to remind myself it's like oh that's just trauma right oh yeah oh that person is just standing there yelling at someone it's like that's just trauma what you're seeing is trauma right you know they didn't start like that they didn't start like that right so character change is really important the call to adventure is really a call to change Hmm. and nobody wants to change nobody changes easily Mm -hmm. people are forced to change for some yep Huge. I reason. always knew my diet was important, but when I got diabetes, I was like, well, I got to take this seriously because I want to be around for my kids. Like, there's, yes. Otherwise, it's like we talk about how people don't change until the pain is greater than the fear. It yeah. takes a lot. It takes a lot. Why would you? Right. And so the refusal is all about that's a human response to change. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to do that. Yeah. What are you crazy? I'm not doing that. Mm-hmm. It also, for, uh, in a very practical way, Tells you just how dangerous this thing is. Yeah. Fight a dragon. Yeah. A dragon? Are you yeah. serious? Yeah. We're here in the Shire. You want us to go? Yeah. You know, to Mordor? We're like, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, the refusal is really important in that way. But if you don't know that, you just think it's a thing that you do and you are just, you're just coloring in the right boxes. You're not It's kind of like, well, I got you flowers, but I didn't make you happy. It's like. Because I'm allergic to these. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> you don't know why. It's, you know, it's yeah. like, it's like, it's, it's the understand, it's the observation of the outside. Yes. Well, houses have doors. Why? Yeah. Well, people have to get into a house. Now think about it. Maybe you'll find a way to do it differently or whatever. Mm-hmm. Just like, what kind of door should this have? Right. You know? Yeah. So, you know, um, yeah, that's why I, I sort of, when people bring up Joseph Campbell, I'm a little... I well, I thought it was funny because I had somebody, I quoted Joseph Campbell online, the the cave you fear to enter was the one that holds the treasure because it's brilliant. Yeah, it is. It's absolutely brilliant. Um, and he is, he was brilliant. Right, brilliant. It, so yeah. I'm just saying like, so that it's like, he says that. Now you got to figure out what cave is it for you and <laughs> why are things like that? Right. Why is the treasure in there? He doesn't say why. He'll say, here's an observation. Right. The cave you fear to enter holds the treasure. Later on, when you go, oh, that's right, because it wouldn't be treasure if it was just out in the open. Mm-hmm. You know, when you start to think about your life and go, what are the hard things that you know you should do? Forgive this person or whatever. And it's like that's the cave you fear to enter, right? That's the treasure. You know, you start thinking about. So the philosophy is great because it points things. It's like, hey, there's something going on over here. You should pay attention to, mm-hmm. right? But if you take if you take that on, you know, well, and so the a person said, I th- I thought you hated Joseph Campbell, and I was like. 
I love Joseph Campbell. I right. love a lot of philosophers. Yeah. My issue is, is that I have to do, I have to get something done. And when right. it comes to like, there's stuff where it's like, I'm going on vacation. I might read some Kierkegaard or something. Right. Right. But it's really hard to apply that to a problem you're having at this exact moment. Right. Here's what I say about Joseph Campbell. He's descriptive, not prescriptive. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. I, I always tried to learn from practitioners. Mm-hmm. What did Rod Serling say I should do? Yeah. What did Paddy Chayefsky say I should do? What did Dickens do? Right. Right? Yeah. These are practitioners. It'd be like listening to a film critic tell you about how stuff, and you're like, oh, you know, you're observing. It's a lot harder to do it. And right. you don't, if you don't understand why those things happened and why those things had to happen. Right. Right. It changes it. It's, it's kind of like, that's a human as opposed to like, here's how the human creature works. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. It needs oxygen and blah, blah, blah. Right. Yeah. So the only reason I say that is, it, I, I don't want people to be thinking about the three-act structure from the standpoint of, well, this is like, you know, oh, well, you need a mentor and there's crossing the threshold. It's not like that. Yeah. This is just an observation. Right. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, go test all of these things you're hearing about. Go test them. Yeah. Go try to listen to someone's... If you have a friend who their stories go on forever and they have no point, you should be able to go, oh, what happened? Mm-hmm. Why did I get bored? You should be able to go back and think about that conversation. And go, oh, here's why I got bored. It, it didn't go anywhere. Yeah, it's like cool. How do you feel when it doesn't go anywhere? I feel frustrated. Great. And then you go to and see a movie, and you go, I was frustrated. I paid money, and I saw this, and it didn't go anywhere. Oh, just like the conversation yeah. I have with my friend. Yeah, you can start to dissect that because once you can see it, mm-hmm. the whole like see it to be a thing. Once you see it, then you can figure out how to not have your stories yep. have the same problem. I've known, uh, yeah, uh, a particular person I'm thinking about. I used to know who. There's so many extraneous details in his stories. Hmm. Like a story that should take 30 seconds takes 15 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Because this and that and this and that and this. Well, also maybe a little bit of this and let me, there's a sidebar. You know, it's like, I don't, I'm done now. I'm done. I was done 10 minutes ago, you know? Um, And, And the funny thing is you said, I have a friend that does this, all these details, you know, like, you know, a story that should take five minutes takes 15 minutes. And you go, there's this and that and this and that. And all this stuff doesn't even matter. It's like, I'm done now. It's like proposal, argument, conclusion. You just did it. Like, <laughs> right. That's what I'm saying. Like, mm-hmm. when you start to see that, you go, okay. Because the big thing is this. Like, a lot of times when somebody gives you your script or something, like, hey, we either read this. The problems they have are things they could observe and fix themselves. Right. But they're not, they're not using real life to train them. You're not observing. Right. Man, that was the longest fucking lecture I've ever sat through. What made it long? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Think about it. Mm-hmm. Well, what made it long? I didn't know where he was going. Yeah. You know, or she kept going back to the same point she'd already given 20 times. It's like, cool. Yeah. Reread your script. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Because then all of a sudden, you can start to use na- observations of nature to help you sharpen your work. Right. Because ultimately, then your work becomes like an arrow. It just goes yeah. straight there. And then people hear it and they go, man, that movie changed my life. That story. Yeah. I'll never forget the time you told me that story about the guy with the thing. Yeah. All that. That's what happens when you're removing the friction. Yeah. Well, like we've talked about of Mice and Men, but that book. Yeah. Is precise. Yes. It's a precise piece of writing. Yes. Really? Same possible. thing. I don't know what you could take. Like, you can't take anything out. No. And it would change the meaning of everything. It would. And I remember the first time I read it, and there are some scenes in there where I'm like, well, this seems like it's in there for no reason. 
but I was too young and too inexperienced. Mm-hmm. And then I get a little older and I'm like, oh my God, that's brilliant that that's in there. Yeah. It's brilliant. There's some brilliant work in there. It's, it's, I mean, everybody knows it's a masterpiece, but it, it's almost underrated. Yeah. It's hard to, when you, again, when you read something like that from the standpoint of, I might not be able to see all this yet, but I know it's Steinbeck. Yeah. Which means I know these things aren't arbitrary. Mm -hmm. And when you start thinking about that way, it will change the way you take in the information. Yep. So we've talked about proposal. We've talked about argument, the conclusion piece. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, let me ask you this: Folk, um, the curtain going into the third act. Mm-hmm. What? Why is that there? You know. Well, because what you're, what you're, well, first of all, if you think about stories as often being circular, mm-hmm. right? Often coming back around to the beginning. So in Tootsie, you have an out of work actor, um, and in the third act, he's also an out of work actor, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. But who is he now? Yeah. Given the new, given given what happened in Act Two, who is this person now? Yeah. So the reason you have that shift is to answer that question. Mm. Well, who are they now? Yeah. Right. Um, so what's the cur- what's the curtain of Star Wars? Well, the second curtain of Star Wars is is um, I think uh, getting the plans back. Mm-hmm. To because now they know how to blow up the Death Star. Yeah. Right. Now, what do you, what do you see with Luke? Yes. You see Luke trusting himself. That's right. Right. Don't forget about your yeah. instruments. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Trust yourself. Yeah. Right. Reach out with your feelings, which he's learning to do. Yes. Earlier. Right. Mm-hmm. Now he's learning to do. Oh, he can do that now. Yes. He can do that now. And as soon as he can do that, yeah, get out. Yeah, boom! That explosion is a celebration. Yes, the explosion of the Death Star is. It. That's why you can't keep blowing. I don't know why they. Yeah, think. yeah, yeah. How no. many Death Stars? Another, do you another need? Death Star. It's like, yeah, yeah. Stop. They're an empire. They can't yeah. come up with any more weapons. That's it. That's yeah. the, you know. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, it doesn't. No, but this time the Death Star is bigger. Oh, okay. Okay. It's like I told you about that movie about the shark where it's like, well, it's like Jaws, except the shark's now the size of like, you know, an office building. Yeah. And you're okay. like, okay. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't help. Whatever. It won't help. Um, yeah. That explosion is a, is a big celebration. Yeah. You know, that's what it, it matters. It, it's not just an explosion. That's right. Same thing in Jaws. That's not just an explosion nope. either. That's right. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, so who is this guy now facing his fears? Who is this guy? Who, mm-hmm. So that that third act is really all about that. Okay. Until finally. Yeah. Until finally, they were always like this thing. Mm-hmm. You know? Until finally, he yeah. trusted his feelings and yeah. he blew up the Death Star. Ever since that and ever day. Ever since that day. Yeah. You know, now he's standing there with Leia or mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah. Right. Ever since that day, he's like, I think I used to hate the water. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So... um, you know, in Silence of the Lambs, they figure out where the real killer is, and then mm-hmm. okay, now now it's on. Now it's on. Now we're now is the last test, oh, right? Man. Yeah. So yeah, it's just a, it's you you can feel it too. You know when things are wrapping up when something's well constructed. Yeah, you can feel all of those moves. You can feel the first act. You may not be able to feel the shift. I've noticed that sometimes people can't feel between the first and second. Yeah. But they they know definitely when they're in the first, and they know definitely when they're in the second. And yeah. then 
it can be a little fuzzy about when that where that line where is. the line is. Funny thing is what what I can suggest to people is like while you're watching a movie, pause it, mm-hmm. and you'll see. Oh, this is the fulcrum, or this. You can yeah. start to gauge it. Yeah, just pause it, unpause it, start mm-hmm. to see, watch. Mm-hmm. Literally use the timeline. Yeah, because usually you know around. If you're watching minutes. something like Casablancas, if you're watching something good, yeah, then you should be able to pause it and go, "Got it. That's why." Yeah, it's like, oh, that's right in the middle of the movie. Mm-hmm. Like you'll often see that at the sixty-minute mark. Yep. Oh. That's the fulcrum right in there. That's right. Right You're in like, there. And so I was giving this. And so I was there on stage giving my speech and I looked down the audience. Sure enough, it was receptionist from the hotel. Right. Right. The one I've been arguing with that morning. There's something like that. Yeah. Right. Where you go like, okay. And you pause it and you'll see it. Yeah. You know, and if you watch enough good movies and you do that enough times, you'll start to go, you'll start to feel it almost like it's kind of like jumping rope where you stop thinking, you're not thinking jump. You just, after a while, you just start, Mm -hmm. you know, the rhythm takes over and you're like, oh, okay, I'm jumping rope. I'm not even thinking about it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. When I was first, not first learning, when I was probably 10 years into this, um, one of the things I used to do is I used to number, I had a a page, I would number one to 120. And maybe there were a couple extra lines in case the movie was long. And then I would, um, something significant would happen. I would, I would write down the minute mark. Hmm. And I st- and it, there was a consistency, especially with the classics, anything really good. There was a consistency about the time things happen. Yep. Um, there are a lot of people who which would make sense because if because of economy, right? It shouldn't take you longer than this time to right. You know, if it's taking too much longer, it means you have stuff in there you don't actually need, right? And if it's too short, you probably haven't done right everything. Like, did you explore everything? Like in mm-hmm. in Sunset Boulevard. Uh, mm-hmm. This odd, out of work screenwriter, yeah, who is being harassed by these repo guys who want to take his car back. Um, you see that first act. You see that. You see that. Oh, he doesn't have any money. He's hiding the car from the repo guys. Yep. He's, and and he spends the first act trying to get work. Mm-hmm. He goes from this studio to that studio to another studio. You know, you see everything that that guy's trying to do. And if you didn't see how desperate he was. Yeah. Then you'd be like, why doesn't he just leave her house whenever he wants? Yeah. Right. You have to see that. Yep. Um, that's a case where repetition repetition helps because yes. you see how desperate he is. Like yep. he goes here, he goes here, he goes here. Yeah, because otherwise when it started going crazy at the house, yeah. you would just be like, well, why doesn't he pack up? And yeah. it's like, he doesn't have options. We already know that. Yeah. He's desperate. Mm-hmm. He's desperate for money. Yep. Yeah. Um, so that's what you have to set up. And he's flexible by this point, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. like you can watch him talking about it, start in the Dust Bowl and ended up playing out on oh, a right, U-boat yeah, or whatever. Yeah, like yeah. you start to see him kind of go like, oh, you know, I gotta, I gotta make a living. Gotta make a living. Yeah. Anyway, but yeah, um, I forgot what my point was, but yeah, but, but the third act, right. And so yeah. ultimately it's going propose argument conclusion, mm-hmm. beginning, middle and end, whatever. Mm-hmm. But I personally, Proposal argument conclusion has been the most helpful for me. Yeah, it's better than beginning, middle, and end. Yeah, yeah. Is, Hitchcock does that kind of stuff. He explains things so well, right? Hitchcock explains things very well. Yeah. Uh, and then, and then look at the seven steps. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, if you can't feel it, this is us wrapping up. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, and and the funny thing is, applying proposal argument conclusion from the standpoint of outside of stories, you can use it for anything you're doing mm-hmm. that has involves human communication. Yep. You're doing a website? Great. Guess what goes above the fold? Proposal. Guess what goes at the meat of the website, of the web page? 
all of your arguments. What's mm-hmm. the end? Conclusion, CTA. Yeah. Send in an email. What's the proposal of the email? What's the arguments for it? What's the conclusion? Yeah. Right? When you start to think about it this way, you go like, oh my gosh, I was able to... We've done this before with people. It's like, you want to just knock out this website? Yeah. <laughs> What's the proposal? What's the armature for this for mm-hmm. this page? What's the proposal we need? Yeah. What's all the arguments? What are all the value props that you have of your you know mm-hmm. product, service, whatever? And then conclusion and then blah, blah. It's like when you start to see that this is just the, the rhythm of communication, mm-hmm. you know, that we've, you know, evolved for millions of years then you can start to fit use it to solve whatever communication problem you have right going back to the practicality of understanding this just came out of us yeah um versus the crossing the the threshold or whatever mm-hmm. it's it, like when you can start to see this then cuz all of a sudden it's like how do you how do you apply crossing the threshold to is that is that the break in at the top of your website is that it, it right. gets it's like i'm trying to you, you start mixing all these terminology and stuff but you just go proposal argument conclusion if you're ever stuck like lit, like we've done this with clients or whatever well they have a big presentation and we'll just have once upon a time and every day yeah. until one day yeah you know because of this fulcrum because of this until finally, and ever since that day, like, well, and then we just de- delete those words as we go through the deck. Yeah. And it's just like, here's your deck. You're done. Yeah. Here's your website. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. You can use this for all sorts of stuff. It's amazing how quickly you can go. Mm-hmm. And people don't trust it because it comes so easily. That's right. That's right. But, but the funny thing is you got to have all three. Yep. If you don't have all three, it's not going to work. It's not working. Thanks, Brian. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for watching. You are a storyteller part of the CoLoop Podcast Network. If you have any questions or if there's a topic you'd like us to cover, leave a comment below or email us at hello at beliefagency.com.